Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. We're back with a Champions League special of Game of Opinions as we take a whistle-stop tour around Europe. What follows are the thoughts of five Eurosport experts from Germany, France, Italy, Spain and England, all glued together, not quite seamlessly, by me, Ben Snowball. So what are the strengths and weaknesses? Advance warning, you will hear those words a lot of each team and who will win the trophy. The action returns on Friday with the conclusion of the last 16 ties before we get into the proper stuff next week with a mini tournament in Lisbon. Anyway, let's dive straight into our bumper tournament preview as I believe Munich is calling. So our first guest is none other than Flo Bogner from Eurosport Germany. Thanks for dropping in. No problem. Welcome. Now, it's not quite a flying visit as Germany only have two teams left in the Champions League, Bayern Munich and uh, RB Leipzig. Uh, so Flo, as I'm asking everyone, there's some quick fire questions for you. And firstly, in about 30 seconds, sum up the strengths of Bayern Munich. <laughs> well, offensive power all over the place. So they scored 100 goals in Bundesliga. They scored seven against Tottenham. Sorry for that. Um, they're still on track. Um, of course, they're a little bit out of sync because the Bundesliga finished earlier, but um, they will be back in, in full force in the offensive department, department. And that's what everybody should worry about. Okay, and if Bayern were going to be worried about something, try and reflect on their weaknesses in a similar similar length of time. Well, Benjamin Pavard got injured and this totally gets the point that Bayern don't have a right back in their squad. So Joshua Kimmich supposedly has to, to go to the right back, which brings a, a lack of a central midfielder. So Thiago has to fill in, but he's not like the, the holding midfielder guy. So a lot of troubles with one pers- person or one position in the game. So this could be uh, the downside for Bayern Munich to don't have a right-back defender. And have you had to pick one player in the Bayern Munich team who was the most pivotal to their success in Lisbon, assuming they make it? Definitely Robert Lewandowski. He's he's very angry that there's no Ballon d'Or this week. He's very uh, this year. He's very angry that Chiru Immobile is getting ahead of him for the Golden Boots. So he wants to show everybody that he's the guy this year. Watch out for him. That's a lovely synopsis of Bayern Munich. Um, How do you think they'll fare in the Champions League? I'm guessing you think they're going to get beyond Chelsea. Well, it's good to have this this warm-up against Chelsea, which they are really, 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 really serious about. They don't think that the 3-0 advantage is, is getting them anywhere easily. But I think they will go through and then over Napoli or Barcelona, it's manageable. And then they already would be in a semi. So I can see them going to the finals. 
some of the strengths of uh, of Leipzig, who I believe, well, they're not with T- Timo Werner, which is very odd. Yeah, they are unpredictable, you have to say, but they have a lot of potential in the offensive department with with Schick, with Olmo, Sabitzer, Forsberg, Nkunku, uh, last not but least uh, Paulsen. So um, they, they're a unique style of play with Nagelsmann and they're not known to many of the Champions League uh, opponents. So so it's it's fresh and they can show up and, and be great against uh, Atletico. Where are the problems in the team? I mean, I mentioned Timo Werner, but what what other issues are there with the squad? Well, they're losing like 50 scoring points with uh, Timo Werner. And they have some injury problems. Uh, Halzenberg is injured, Sabitzer is injured, uh, Konate is injured. So they have to get some guys fit for, for the match. And this is, would be maybe the problem. But the, the biggest problem is to who, who's scoring the goals and who is going to be the, the next winner in this team. And right now, Nagelsmann has to come up with a solution I don't see at the moment. You just touched on it. Who is going to be the next Werner then? Who is their most pivotal player? I think they have to 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 use more guys than just one because they have guys with different style of play. I think Patrick Schick will be the logical guy to to fit in, but he's only on loan at the moment. Um, I'm really, really, really excited about Olmo and Nkunku, but they're not like the the pivotal strikers. They're they're more offensive midfielders behind that. But the collective is, is really capable of, of showing up and, and doing great things in this offensive. But they have to be more clinical, more effective, like Timo Werner was. And those younger guys, they weren't in the second part of the season. Obviously, they're on the very, very exciting side of the draw in the sense that there's no winners on that side. So how do you think they could yeah. do? Are you seeing potential finalists in Leipzig? I, I would have said, yes, they are a good tip if Timo Werner would have stayed. Um, because they can really take out every opponent. But Atletico, with their style of play, they really could be like the kryptonite to this Leipzig. And um, if they go through and if they beat Atletico, which I don't see right now, they are perfect fit to, to go all the way. But first they have to, to, to get over this really, really tough opponent. And if I had to put you on the spot, I'm going to ask every single guest that I have previewing the Champions League, who do you think will win the whole tournament? Well... Before Benjamin Pavard was injured, I would have said Bayern Munich from a German point of view because they're really, really good and they really were clicking on all cylinders and they have the break, which is good because Hansi Flick was a World Cup coach and he knows how to prepare um, a team for World Cup or mini tournament, mini World Cup, as you could say. Um, but right now with this one position and getting out of sync because they don't know who to put in right back, I would put in a little question mark and um, then it's up for grabs for everybody else. Maybe PSG, maybe Man City. I don't know. Perfect. You've uh, you've survived the test by Bogner. Thank you very much for joining us. Yeah, thank you. Our adventure next takes us to France and a welcome return to the podcast for Surreal Moran. Now, Surreal, on your last appearance, you became a star of the English press. <laughs> so no pressure. How are you doing? Fine. And you? Oh, very well as well. Thank you. I hope that the Daily Mirror won't, uh, won't take my quotes uh, to make another article uh, without any sense. But uh... <laughs> no, it was fine. It looked good. It looked good. You were a French football expert, which was which was delightful for us. Now, you obviously know two teams left in the competition in the Champions League from France, Paris Saint-Germain and Lyon, who have only played one competitive game between them since March. So firstly, before we dive into the strengths and weaknesses of these teams, I mean, how much of a disadvantage is that going to be? 
the huge one, of course, um, because they don't have uh, the same rhythm as a uh, English team, a German team, or Italian team. So, of course, it's a uh, it's a very bad news for uh, PSG and Olympique Lyonnais. But you can see that maybe they will be fresher than the other one. I don't believe in that theory, but uh, that may be something good for them. But yeah, huge disadvantage. Okay, on with the rapid questions then. And first to PSG, who face Atalanta yeah. in the quarterfinals. So just sum up their strengths. Well, their main power is uh, their strikers. They have Neymar, they have Icardi. They may have uh, Di Maria back for semifinals. And maybe Mbappé if he's okay. So, of course, the, the quality of the players they have is the main advantage and the main force. And onto their weaknesses, aside from obviously the obvious one of not playing any football. The, the real one is about uh, mentality and uh, how Paris can overcome this complex they have in the Champions League where they lost so many games only because uh, they weren't um, good enough in the, you know, in the head. So that's the main point for me. Now we've touched on Mbappe and potentially not being fit. So who is going to be the most important player in the Champions League for PSG? Of course, Neymar. Uh, it's the obvious answer. He was uh, he wasn't there for the last uh, two years at this critical moment for PSG. So now he will be the key player, and Paris is waiting a lot from him because that's why he came to Paris Saint Germain to win this type of game and competition. Now I'm going to put you on the spot. Um, I'll do this as well for Leon. But how do you think they're going to fare? Obviously, there's a lot of excitement in France that PSG have a comparatively easy run to the final with a lot of big teams yeah. on the other side of the draw. Yeah, that's uh, that's another thing. They they were pretty unlucky uh, last year's because uh, well they face Real Madrid, FC Barcelona. Okay, last year it was Manchester that wasn't that uh, complicated. But this year there is a big big chance. Maybe in semi with Atletico, which looks like the worst team they can uh, they can confront because it's uh, the football they don't like. But for me, uh, they have a huge, huge chance to go to the final and the press is uh, on the same side. But they have to uh, overcome this mental complex uh, they may have to win something huge. Okay, let's switch it on to Leon. then. Now, Leon have to play the second leg of their last 16 yeah. against Juventus. Just sum up Leon's strengths, though, in 30 seconds. <laughs> it's quite uh, difficult to sum up. Uh, it's a very unregular team, so they can win every game. They can lose every game. Uh, it's a one-shot team, sorry. So they have players like Depay who can be on fire one night and win a game by his own. But in front of uh, Cristiano Ronaldo, I'm not sure it's, uh, it will be enough. And if then we have to touch on the weaknesses a bit. The same as uh, usual. Uh, their defense is terrible and uh, they don't have the same uh, quality players as the other team they will face. So complicated for them, but they have the spirit and they know how to be at the level expected from uh, Champions League. On to their most pivotal player. Then I know you just mentioned Depay. Is he the man? Yeah, Depay or uh, Usama Ouar, maybe. Uh, he might be the one who uh, brings some something of magic in the Lyon games. The other one, maybe very important, is uh, Bruno Guimaraes, which uh, arrives in January and made a sensational first uh, half of the uh, second season. So, yeah, maybe these three key players might change uh, OL uh, destiny. Okay, how do you think they're going to get on? They confront uh, Juventus. Uh, Cristiano Ronaldo will be upset about the first result. So I'm not sure they have 
the guts so far in the Champions League and to pass Juventus first. Okay, and final question. I just asked Flo Bogner. He seems to think that he's picking a team from his own country. He said Bayern Munich are the favourites. Are you going to stick your neck on the line and say PSG for you? No, uh, for me, it's not PSG's. For me, the team who will win is the team who will win the, the other part of the draw uh, because they will beat the best team in the world. So I will take Bayern, maybe, uh, which was quite impressive, or an English team because they just finished Premier League, so they are on rhythm. And, uh, well, let's see, but I'm not sure I'm not sure PSG will, uh, will win this year. Superb. Surreal, thanks very much. Hopefully we'll make you go viral again with those comments. <laughs> let's see. We're getting into a good rhythm. With Germany and France ticks off, let's whisk across to Italy, where Simone Eterno is waiting for us in Milan. Great to have you back on the podcast, Simone. Last time we spoke, you were living it up in Sardinia. How are you doing now? <laughs> uh, the, the background is not the same, eh? Ciao, Ben. No, no, no. I'm back. I'm back in Milan, unfortunately. All the good uh, things come to an end, says the song. Uh, and it's true. <laughs> yeah, well, last time we spoke to Simone, for those listening to the podcast, he had an idyllic backdrop of like a river, fields, and today it's a... Uh, it's quite a kind of a spare bedroom, basically. There's not, yes. much, not too much yeah. going on. So on to Italy, uh, you've got three teams left in the competition. That's a total only yeah. matched by Spain. Juventus, Napoli and Atalanta. They've all got a shot of clinching at Europe's top prize. Let's start, though, with Cristiano Ronaldo and co, who are far from guaranteed a spot in the quarterfinals. They trail Leon 1-0 in their last 16 clash. But Simone, now I know you love a good word. I know you love a good monologue, but I'm going to try and restrict you to 30 seconds for the strengths of Juventus. Uh, actually, in this moment, I would say just Cristiano Ronaldo uh, because the team is not playing uh, very good. They won the ninth league in a row. Yes, it's true, but they have uh, so many problems. They are kind of uh, an hybrid between what they used to be with Massimiliano Allegri, very solid on defense, and uh, what they want to be with Maurizio Sarri, more uh, possess of the ball, more attacking team. But the truth is that they're in the middle and they're taking... Uh, and they are conceding too too many goals. So the strength in this moment, I would say, Cristiano. Uh, they scored a lot of goals uh, this year in the league, but uh, there are many weaknesses, and the weaknesses are pretty clear. Conceding a lot of goals, they conceded more than 40 goals this year in the league, which has been a, a record itself for the Italian league. Uh, no, no team was winning uh, the league conceding more than 40 since... Uh, 1960-61, so it's 60 year, and uh, they have to pay attention on this. Perfect. Did strengths and weaknesses in one go. Love the style, loving it. Who's the key player? I mean, I'm asking this. It's a ridiculous question. So just tell me a bit about Cristiano Ronaldo. No, it's not that ridiculous because Cristiano, uh, yes, you, you, you get you know shocked from a certain point of view by the numbers. Because the numbers are uh, very has been very very good, but the key player for Juventus is not Cristiano, it's Paolo Dybala. Uh, Paolo Dybala is the man that uh, took by by the hand the team since the post lockdown and scoring them the, the important goal and uh, able to to make the team play very good in attack. Uh, they need uh, his genius, but the problem is that he's injured. And uh, we are not in this moment 100% sure that he's going to be in the lineup uh, for the match against uh, Lyon. Actually, there is a very uh, low possibilities to see him. That if they go through and they go to Lisbon, yes. But uh, with, uh, with Lyon, 
Juventus will have to face also this problem. So probably playing uh, without Paolo Dybala. Okay, you've touched, you've touched on the match against Leon there. I'm going to put you on the spot. Do you think Juventus firstly, yes or no, are going to make it past Leon? No. No? Okay, why? No. Uh, no, because uh, as I said in this moment, uh, Juve is an hybrid and, and they're actually conceding too many. Too many goals and they struggle also to score because you see the number of Cristiano, but the truth is that they're not creating so many real chances. It's not the team that when you see it, you say, okay, they're going to score one, two, three. Without Dybala, I think is that uh, they they're not gonna make it. Okay, on to you, Napoli. Then they're tied with one or well, they're tied one or with Barcelona in the last sixteen. Now, at the time of recording, that second leg will happen at the Camp Nou, but a spike in COVID cases in Catalonia means that's not completely certain. But let's focus on Napoli. Uh, strength or weakness? Weaknesses? Sorry, uh, strength. I would say Gennaro Gattuso, the manager. He built a team again, and when I say built. Uh, it means everything. Napoli had a lot of problems at the beginning of the season uh, in terms of uh, players on, you know, fighting with the president, kind of strikes about the salary and blah, blah, blah. And also problem with, with, with the fans from a certain point of view. It was a kind of a weird situation for me in Naples, in Naples because Naples loved his team. This kind of disaffection was something very, very, very strange for, for, uh, for Naples. And Gattuso built again the spirit of the team. So now you have, again, a solid team on the pitch and a, a team that play like a team, that feels like a team, uh, which is very important. And they are able to, to make uh, the strength, I would say, uh, is this one. It's in terms of conceding goal, they're, they're very solid when they, when they play focus 100%. They have good defender, um, Costas Manolas, Kalidou Kolibali, and uh, Gattuso fix uh, the midfield. Uh, compared to the Ancelotti side, so this is this is the threat. The weakness uh, is that uh, it's not easy to uh, to go to Barcelona and defeat them at the Camp Nou. Uh, that is not a weakness of the team, but is I would say a, weak, a difficult facing this kind of clash. Okay, Napoli's key player. Who are you going for, Simone? I would say Dries Mertens. Uh, because, uh, of course, they don't need to concede too much, so it would be easy picking up one of the defences that, that I've just said. But the fact is they also need to score, and they need their best man. And the best man in the end, uh, in terms of scoring uh, in, in the last time, is still uh, Dries Mertens. Do you think... Now, I know you've already shot down Juventus's hopes. Have you got any better hopes for Napoli coming past Barcelona and reaching Lisbon? If you want a yes or no, I say no. But I'm very curious because uh, about Barcelona itself, no? The, the, the team itself is not uh, doing that well. Even uh, Leo Messi said, remember, if we play like that, we're not going through against, uh, against Naples. If everything goes well, they can, they can make it. They can make it. But in terms of percentage, in the end, I would say 65, 70 Barca, 35, uh, 30 Naples. Okay, let's move on to everyone's kind of exciting dark horses. Atalanta, the free-scoring team, two off 100 goals. I think that's the first team, if they do it, since the 60s. Yeah. Just tell me about them. What are their strengths, firstly? I mean, I'm guessing goals. Goals, 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 goals. Attracting football, they go fast. They seem that, uh, you know, the, the stop for, uh, for the coronavirus, for the pandemic, uh, 
didn't affect them at all because they start again at kind of the same rhythm that they, they, they left, which is unique in Europe. I, I haven't seen anyone, any, any team playing as good as they played before. Atalanta did that, uh, especially at the beginning. The last week, a little bit less, but they're saying that uh, they're working for being on top uh, at the middle of August when they need it because they played the first, uh, the first match on the 12th uh, of, of August against the PSG. As being for real the best uh, Italian team this year uh, in Italy and in Europe. Let's look at the defence then. I'm guessing that is, is that the main weakness in that they don't keep many clean yeah. sheets? No. No, because they, but they accept that because they need, uh, they, they accept one against one in, in terms of defense because all the team is uh, built to, to, to score, especially the, 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 the two wingers that help so much, Robin Gosens, uh, Timothy Castagne, and, and um, Hans Atebur. Uh, so it can be tricky. I think that Atalanta have uh, uh, chances against uh, PSG. On to the key player then. Of course, the key player, in my opinion, is still uh, Alejandro Papu Gomez. He is, for real, the key player able to switch the game from uh, one wing to the other. That is one that, uh, that it, it is what Gasperini wants. So you've said Juventus, not much chance against Lyon. Napoli, a small chance against Barcelona. Atalanta against PSG. And if they get past PSG, where can they go? Uh, in terms of chances, I, I, I'm not uh, saying that Atalanta has more chances than PSG. I would say 50-50. I would say that it's very open for what I saw, and especially also for the fact as Lyon that the PSG is not playing since, uh, since three months. And Atalanta high intensity um, can, can, can bring some trouble to, to PSG. Uh, for real, Atalanta has chances, uh, in my opinion, to go to the final. Lovely stuff. I've asked... The two lads before you, Florian and Surreal, who they think is going to win the Champions League. Where are you going, Simone? I really don't know because it's something so different, this edition, that I have the feeling that really everything can happen. Bayern Munich was an interesting choice, but uh, I'm again concerned about the, the time that they're not playing anymore, that these kind of matches. I'll go for the team that comes out between Man City or Real Madrid. Okay, because if Man City go through with Real, they have the advantage. Uh, they can go. Uh, they can. That can be the year. If it's Real Madrid overcoming Man City in Manchester um, with Zidane, then they have a good push. Super stuff, Simone. Thank you very much as ever for joining us. It was a pleasure as always. Next into the ring is Augustin Galan, my first ever podcast guest from Eurosport Spain. Augustin, thanks for stepping by. How are you doing? I'm doing fine, thanks. Uh, thanks. Thank you for having me. Now, on the surface, Spain are sitting pretty in the Champions League. Their three best teams are left in the competition, two of whom have won five of the last six tournaments. But there is a downside. Real Madrid must travel to Manchester City, nursing a 2-1 deficit in the last 16, while Barcelona are tied one all with Napoli at the same stage ahead of the return leg at Camp Nou. Still, there is one positive. Atletico Madrid are already into the quarterfinals and are on the so-called easy side of the draw. But let's kick things off with Real Madrid, the new La Liga champions. Now, I'm asking all my guests the same sort of questions, Augustine. Um, so please summarise the strengths of Real Madrid. Right now, their main strength is that they are in a very good run. They didn't 
they didn't lose any match since the restart of the competition. They were very impressive in the end of La Liga. And, um, that's their main strength, knowing that the result uh, that they have from the first leg is, uh, is very bad and very compromising. And if you were looking at the weaknesses, what, what areas do you think Man City will try and exploit again against Real Madrid? Well, the, main, the main advantage for Manchester City is, uh, first of all, their the result. This 1-2 uh, at Bernabeu is very, very good for them. And also the, the, the absence of Sergio Ramos. Uh, he saw a red card in the, in the first leg. And this lack of leadership could be very troubling for Real Madrid in, in the scenario where the result is very tight in the end, in the last minutes. That's when Sergio Ramos is a good leader and without, without him, it could be a little bit difficult for them. So you've mentioned that Sergio Ramos is missing. Who in his absence do you think will be the key player for Real Madrid? Without him, I, I would say Karim Benzema. He's playing a really good football. He's a striker, but also a good number 10. And he's there right now the most inspired guy in Zinedine Zidane's team. So if I'm going to put you on the spot slightly here, how do you think Real Madrid are going to get on? Do you think they're going to get past Man City and reach Lisbon? I, I think that they have an option, but uh, it will be very difficult because because in the in La Liga they knew that FC Barcelona has uh, had some problems and they were the really candidates to the title. In the Champions League, that's not the case. Man City are the the, the main favourites, and that could make that Pep Guardiola side uh, has a really good advantage. But they can do it, uh, as Wayne Rooney said recently in England. If they hold a little bit and they try to to look for the counter attack they may have a little chance to, to have a comeback. So you mentioned Barcelona just briefly. Let's move on to Barcelona. It's fair to say they're in a bit of a slump right now. Lionel Messi's basically called out the entire club and said, what's going on here? Their one strength is obvious, Lionel Messi. Who else should we, should we be aware of? I think that uh, the individuality. Uh, for example, Messi can resolve a match just on, on, their, on his own and Luis Suarez can do it as well. It's very difficult because they are not in a good moment. Uh, for them, it was a, a big relief that the Liga has ended, uh, even if they have not won it. And uh, it's very difficult and it's very tricky. They have a good result from, from the first leg, but uh, everything I think that everything depends on Leo Messi and his inspiration and his uh, willingness to, uh, his willing and his desire to win. There are so many problems, it seems, at Barcelona that have kind of sprung out in like the last two seasons, basically. But just try and summarise them if you can. The main problem right now is the, the big amount of injuries that they have. They won't have uh, Sergio Busquets or Vidal because they uh, Vidal saw their red card and Sergio saw a, a yellow card that, uh, that makes him not av- available for the match. And they have a lot of problems with the, with the defence as well. Lenglet has problems and... Uh, in the, in the attack line, uh, Griezmann is, uh, is doubtful. So uh, it's very difficult to pick a setting to put in a, a strong 11 and we'll see how can, he, how can he manage this situation. And of course, the atmosphere in the last two years, as you said, uh, around Barcelona has not been the best. Now, this is probably going to be the most ridiculous question I've ever asked anyone, but who is the key player of Barcelona? <laughs> Um, I would say Messi, uh, obviously, but also Ter Stegen. In, in, if things go, go, go wrong for Barcelona, I think that Ter Stegen uh, could be the saviour if they need a, 
an outstanding performance from an individual. So let's see uh, the number one, uh, Ter Stegen, and number 10, Messi. It's 1-1 with Napoli. The second leg is in Spain. Mm-hmm. Who do you think is going through from that tie, firstly? Barcelona is the, the favourite to, to go through, but uh, you never know because their their final their their final rush has been very very tough for them. They seemed like uh, they were not enjoying playing football, and that's very difficult. Let's see how they came back to the training. And uh, for me, it's a very strange match because Napoli. Has, has stopped uh, competing in Serie A this weekend. And that could be a, a quite interesting advantage for Gennaro Gattuso. Let's switch our attention then to the final team left in the competition from Spain, Atletico Madrid. Now, they've fallen short with the penultimate hurdle so many times in recent years, but they do now look the best placed team, oddly, from Spain to win the tournament because of the side of the draw they're on. They face RB Leipzig before a potential semi-final with either Atlanta, Atalanta or PSG. Talk me through the strengths of Diego Simeone's side. They are in a very good moment. They did very well since the restart of the competition as well. And um, Atletico is based on physicality. And from that point of view, uh, they are almost uh, invincibles. They are training so hard and uh, you can see it in every video they post. The fact that the Champions League has been reduced to one single match in every round could be a great change for them in order to finally win the title. So they they feel like this is the year for, for them. But obviously, Atletico Madrid this year have shown the frailties seem to have been exposed in mm. their kind of watertight defence hasn't always been as solid as perhaps we've come to expect. What are the weaknesses to this Atletico team? Uh, for me, the, the, main with, uh, the main weakness for Atletico is that the, they are the, the favourites this time. When they, when they notice it, they noticed that Leipzig uh, would be his their rivals. Um, they were relieved because they they think that they are not as strong as uh, Bayern Bayern München, Manchester City, or this kind of teams. And this is uh, for me is risky because whenever Atletico has been the the main candidate, they they have struggled a lot. And uh, let's not forget that Julian Nagelsmann is one of the best uh, coaches in Europe. So. They have to be very aware of the situation and very aware that this uh, Leipzig will not be a, a good rival for them. And who do you think is the key player? For me, the, 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 the main player right now is uh, Marcos Llorente because Morata and Costa, they have some problems uh, scoring goals. This hasn't been the, the best season for them. And um, Marcos Llorente has been a big surprise because he signed as a holding midfielder from Real Madrid and Diego Simeone has made a, a good striker of him. And this could be surprising for the for the rival coaches because if they don't know how to handle the situation with Marcos Llorente because you never know if he's a, a false striker, if he plays in right wing, if, if he plays in left wing, he, it could be a great surprise and a great manage for every team. Okay, you've mentioned that Leipzig is a potential upsetter but how do you think they're going to get on that quarterfinal? Are you backing them to progress to the semifinals, maybe the final, maybe even the trophy? It will be a, a very tight match. And it, it, it will be a, a wonderful battle between Julian Nagelsmann and Diego Simeone. It's a great opportunity to Spanish fans to know how Nagelsmann is doing. But, of course, Atletico should win this match. 
for me, the, the main candidate to win the, this Champions League is Bayern München because they, as Real Madrid has been uh, outstanding since the Bundesliga restart. And um, I think that they are the, the best candidate because of the, of the depth of the, the squad, of the, the presence of Robert Lewandowski, who is, uh, it seems that he never, he never gets old. And uh, I don't think that this, this half of the bracket with Atletico, Leipzig or PSG, for me, is not the, the, the candidate half. Brilliant stuff. Augustine, thank you very much for stepping onto the Game Opinions podcast um, and good luck to Real Madrid, Barcelona and Atletico Madrid. Okay, thank you again, Ben, for having me. After taking in the sights of Munich, Paris, Milan and Madrid, our mini European adventure comes to an end in London. And here to greet us at the virtual airport is Game of Opinions favourite Pete Charland. Pete, are you ready to speak on behalf of England? Absolutely ready. I've got some things to say on behalf of this country. Just two teams remain from the Premier League and that could feasibly become zero by Saturday evening. Chelsea travelled to Munich for Mission Impossible, aiming to overturn a 3-0 debt in the last 16, while Manchester City hold a 2-1 advantage over Real Madrid. So we'll start with a team close to your heart, Pete, and dip into Chelsea for it's probably a redundant exercise given their predicament, but humorous anyway. Uh, what are the main strengths, succinctly, of this Chelsea side? They're really exciting going forward. There's a lot of there's a lot of things to like. There's pace and there's creativity, and you feel like and since the lockdown ended, Lampard has really understood what he wants from his team, and they vice versa have understood what he's trying to get them to do. That's the main strength of this outfit right now. Uh, the weakness is obviously that they can't defend at all. Um, their goalkeeper is either nearly a forty year old man or the most expensive goalkeeper in the world, who no one trusts under any circumstances, and the defenders. It doesn't really matter who he picks. He's got about eight options and it doesn't matter which four or five he picks. None of them seem to have any idea what they're doing. The idea of marking in this defence seems really unideal. Like they didn't really seem keen on it as a concept. And when you're facing Robert Lewandowski, that's really not great. Who is the pivotal player? I'm guessing it's either a midfielder or an attacker, judging by that. You would have said before Saturday's FA Cup final was Christian Pulisic the odds are very heavily in the favour that he won't be able to play. So then the most important player probably becomes Mason Mount. He's sort of gone off the ball a little bit, a bit quietly under the radar, but it's mostly because William and Pulisic have been so good. But if Chelsea are going to get anything out of this game, which obviously seems unlikely, they're going to have to have Mount basically running the show in a similar vein. It's a big, it's a big ask, but the way Jack Wilshere used to, had a couple of games for Arsenal where he just ran things on a big European night and Arsenal looked unbeatable. If Mount can somehow summon that sort of performance, I think that's the only way Chelsea are going through this. Wilshere's one game against Barcelona, Mount The one against Milan as well. He had the one oh, against he did Milan. Have, he did have the one in Milan. He did have the one in Milan. <laughs> okay, your prediction for that for that match. I'm not going to ask beyond it because I'm guessing you're going to say Chelsea are going home. Chelsea are going out. I could see them getting a draw on the night, but they're going out. Okay, let's move on to Manchester City, who presumably have a far better chance against Real Madrid. Talk me through the strengths of their side. I mean, they're again, it's similar to Chelsea. The strengths are that they can score any number of goals against any number of opposition on any given day. Obviously, the big talking point is that Aguero is probably going to miss out. But I think even without him, there's just so much in this team that you've got to like the look of. And they really struck Real Madrid in their first leg. I really don't think Real expected that. I think they obviously came into this as someone who had won European Cups multiple years in a row. They looked at City, who have really struggled to get past the quarterfinals. They've only got there once, I think, under Pep. And you sort of look at it and you think, well, 
we're going to just turn up and win this. We're going to do what we do. But City played brilliantly. And I think if they have that same sort of attacking intent, then they're going to really get to them. Again, the weakness is the defence. I think their defence is obviously considerably better than Chelsea's, but they're going to be without Benjamin Mendy and obviously still without Imrik Laporte. So teams have, teams have, since the lockdown, teams have been having a go at City. It doesn't always work, but you can do it. And the crucial thing, I think, is that Real Madrid are going to have players like Hazard back that they didn't have in the first leg. And they kept on playing, obviously, unlike Bayern have, and Real ended the season as champions and ended really well. Now, when I ask you for the pivotal player, I'm guessing that the name that's going to come out of your mouth is Kevin De Bruyne. Yes, absolutely. If Sissi are going to get anything out of this, De Bruyne needs to play like he did in the first leg, which was unbelievable. Him and Raheem Sterling were brilliant. The only thing for City is actually that they're not going to be facing Sergio Ramos. And as good a player as Ramos is on the big occasion, I love Ramos in the, in the big games, he, he's one of the best around. You did think that Sterling's pace in particular was causing him a lot of problems in that first leg. And with Eden Militao and Rafael Varane, neither is experienced, well, Varane probably, but Militao is not as experienced as Ramos is, but I think he's going to be a lot happier dealing with Sterling's pace. So I think De Bruyne is going to be the one. Real are going to come out and that's going to give a lot of opportunity to City on the counter. And if De Bruyne can find Jesus and Sterling and Mares on the break, then City are going to have a lot of fun. Are they going to have a lot of fun though, Pete, if I ask you to for your actual prediction? Um, and if you think they're going to beat Real Madrid, how do you think they're going to fare in the tournament overall? I think they're going to go through. I think I could see a high scoring draw in this one. And I think City will go through. I think those, those two away goals are just critical. In a one-off showdown, I think they're going to go far. Do I think they're going to go and win it? No. Who do you think will win the Champions League overall? We've had many, many, many votes for one team, but I'm not going to give you any assistance at this stage. Um, I'm going to go a bit left field here. I think the way the draws worked out, I think it suits one team, and I think that's Atletico Madrid. I think if you want one team that's built for one-legged knockout football, even despite the issues this they've had this season, I think I'm still picking... Diego Simeone's Atletico Madrid. They showed against Liverpool that they can beat what is the best club team in the world right now. They're going to place an RB Leipzig team without Timo Werner. They should come through that, no issues. Then it's either a PSG team who will be completely cold because the, the Atlanta game will be the first game they've played competitively, apart from their two cup finals, which were more of a possession. Atalanta are very dangerous, but they haven't faced a team that defends like Atletico. And then you get to a final, it's a one-off game. And I don't think it matters of any of the big guns, Sissi, Real, Barca, Juve, Bayern. I don't think it really matters. I think in a one-off game, they'll bat themselves to do what they did to Liverpool. And I think it's the perfect opportunity for Simeone. And I think he's going to take it. Pete, I'm very, very glad you didn't say Bayern Munich. Otherwise, it would have been a very boring conclusion to this podcast. (laughs) Thank you very much for being the fifth member of my famous five from Eurosport. Thank you very much. It was a real pleasure. So there you have it. I feel like I've said the words strengths and weaknesses so many times that they've lost all meaning. But to recap, Germany voted for Bayern to win the Champions League, albeit tentatively, while France and Spain followed suit. Italy opted for the winners of Manchester City v Real Madrid, while the UK plumped for Atletico. And while you're with us, why not let us know who you think will win the Champions League? Tweet us at Eurosport underscore UK to get involved. Over and out. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 